Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, where we interview Jackie Mitchell and talk about all the different ways she has managed to make an extra $100 per day and why she's doing it. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen, and with me, as always, is my $100 co-host, Scott Trench. Thanks, Mindy. Great to be here and great to learn from somebody who's stacking Benjamins. She is stacking Benjamins every single day. Scott and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else, to introduce you to every money story because we truly believe that financial freedom is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where you're starting. That's right. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big time investments in assets like real estate, start your own business, or simply find creative ways to make an extra $100 a day, we'll help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so you can launch yourself towards those dreams. Today's money moment is do a clothing swap. Are you sick of your clothes, but you don't want to pay for new ones? Get several friends together, bring all of your clothes that you don't wear anymore and swap them. Anything left over can be donated to your local ARC or Goodwill. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers an 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split, with 70% of profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, get paid first. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of the physical asset provide additional security in case of borrower default. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by redirecting your funds from Wall Street to Main Street, supporting local economies and generating profits simultaneously. This investment is reserved for accredited investors, but if you are not accredited, Pine Financial has options for you too. Take control of your investments and secure a stable 8% annual return today. Visit pinefinancialgroup.com slash biggerpockets to learn more about the fund. That's pinefinancialgroup.com slash biggerpockets. You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? 
Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Do you have a money tip for us? Email moneymoment at biggerpockets.com. Jackie Mitchell is a 25-year-old rising TikTok star based in Columbus, Ohio. She's documenting a 100-day challenge where she works all kinds of side jobs to make an extra $100 a day. Jackie, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you about this challenge. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on and talk with you guys. Jackie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I can. So I am from Columbus, Ohio, like you said. Um, not originally, but I live there now with my husband. I'm 25. Um, I work at a church full time. My husband's an audio engineer, um, and we live in an apartment with our very orange cat, Obi, um, who likes to cause a lot of trouble. And yeah, I- I've just been documenting kind of my experience on what it's like to to earn a little bit of extra money on the side if it's realistic. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about your childhood with regards to money? Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in Pittsburgh with both of my parents and my younger brother. And my parents were really good about teaching us how to budget, um, how to be financially literate. Super thankful and blessed for that. Um, my parents always instilled in us, you know, the importance of saving what we do have and, you know, kind of finding ways to save, finding ways to spend less money. So was always kind of central to my life. I used to go thrifting with my mom all the time, like even before thrifting was like a cool thing that the kids did. And I loved it and I still do it to this day. So it's always been ingrained in me, definitely from a young age. Um, and I also think I've always had a knack for making extra money, right? So I was always the kid who was like organizing lemonade stands, trying to think of like summer business ideas. I remember one time we had this like huge crab apple tree in our backyard. My dad wanted all of the crab apple droppings picked up. So he told me and my friend, hey, I'll pay you a cent, just a penny per crab apple. And he stopped counting after like 4,000 and we ended up making $40, which I think is a lot more than he expected. But, you know, when you get $20 as a kid, like that, that might as well be 200K. So, you know, I, I've always had that kind of knack for finding extra ways to make money. Awesome. And is that what prompted this 100 day challenge or what, what brought this about? Yeah. So, you know, a, a little bit behind the 100 day challenge for me personally is just that we are saving up to buy a house. You know, Columbus isn't really a, like high cost of living area, but with, with how things are going, it's going to get there in the next few years. Um, it's a really hot job market right now. Intel's been building this like huge facility that's been driving like thousands of jobs. So the real estate market's really hot. Um, I'm seeing stuff fly off the market. And, you know, for me as a potential first time home buyer, that's really scary. And I, I love what I do for my day job. I absolutely love it, but it's definitely more of a passion project than it is like, you know, a high earning job. So, you know, I wanted to find some ways to utilize my free time and make some extra money and save up for a down payment. Awesome. Is there a reason why it was a hundred days? Is that you wanted $10,000 specifically or? Yeah. 10,000 would help specifically. I think that's like what would close the gap on my goal. And it also just felt like a nice, like round number. You know what I mean? When you want to do a, a challenge, it sounds a little bit wordier when you get into like for 72 days, I want to make, you know, $18.70, you know what I mean? Whatever it is. So I just wanted like a nice round number. And so that's part of the reason I came up with a hundred and a hundred. Awesome. So let's dive into it. What, what did you start with and what are some of the, like, like, let's hear about some of the ways you've made these extra hundred dollars and the creative ones, the hardest ones, the easiest ones, all the good stuff. Yeah. I think so far I've really run the gambit. Um, and there's lots more to discover when I started, A lot of the ones I was doing were ones that I had already utilized in college. So this is something that I had been done loosely 
doing just kind of to earn some extra cash while I was in college to save up for a trip, stuff like that. Um, things like Swagbucks, which is like, you know, a paid survey site and they do mobile game offers. They've got kind of like some shopping offers. So I'd been utilizing them for a while. Um, Prolific is another site that I used a lot already before this challenge, which would be a site that either researchers or consumer studies run, um, kind of like short little surveys. So maybe they're like five, 10 minutes long. You get paid like per hour for those. Um, so I've been using that. Some other online work, data annotation is another website that I'll use um, quite often, actually, now that I've like gotten into it. Um, and then outside of that, I've cooked for friends. I've done meal prepping for friends. I've given piano lessons. I've done, you know, played events for money. I have, you know, sold stuff on Facebook Marketplace. My coworker gave me a giant bin of Beanie Babies that I'm selling on Facebook Marketplace right now. So, you know, I've really run the gambit. The the thing that's up next for me that I would love to try, though, is instant cart shopping. But I'm on the wait list. I loved grocery shop and they won't let me in. So I'm, I'm counting down the days. Hey, Instacart, if you're listening to this, Please. let Jackie into your program. Okay. So how many hours do you think you're averaging per side hustle or per day when you're trying to get to your $100? Yeah. So this would just vary on what's available per day. Um, but I would say typically three hours, maybe, maybe four on a hard day. If you can get into something like a focus group, um, which is less like consistent, right? Focus group studies aren't going to happen often, but when they do, that's like 50 to $200 just for one hour study, right? So but I would say, generally speaking, on a day-to-day basis, I'm putting in about three hours of work, four hours of work. Okay. So if you make $200 today, do you skip tomorrow or do you still jump on tomorrow? Sometimes, but I'm trying to be good about that, partially because, you know, my audience isn't looking for me to take breaks, although I am definitely. But, you know, <laughs> I, I also want to be sensitive to, you know, if I want to work, I better do it now. Because if I wake up the next day and I have any inkling to work any extra hours, that's much better than waiting for the day that I'm sick and I don't want to, but I used my paid extra day off, you know, a long time ago. So every once in a while, I'll call it short. I always say, you know, any progress is progress. So if I've hit $95 for the day, but I'm, you know, about to fall asleep, I'm so tired. That's, that's good enough. And some, there's a lot of days that I make like $112. So it all evens out right now. I think I'm about three days ahead of my goal. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. And so, so what is the, uh, the easiest way you said is going to be a focus group. Um, so far when you find those, you pounce on those, that's a great, great opportunity. What's been the hardest. Yeah. A couple hard ones are just, um, things that are grueling, you know, some prolific studies, um, researchers are looking to do kind of like a psychological study or, um, a study on how people react in social situations. And sometimes those are particularly confusing on purpose. So I'd say sometimes that gets hard because like you don't know what the purpose of the study is or they're asking you to do really like menial tasks that are like grueling. But, you know, it, you just kind of never know what you're going to get into when you sign up for for a study there. And then I would also say some of the stuff I do on data annotation is just really like mind-numbing stuff. It's just kind of like plug and chug, typing, a lot of that. So those are the two that I would say take the most work for the pay, but they're also the two of the most consistent ones, which I think makes sense. So yeah. What is data annotation and how does somebody qualify for that job? So I get it because data annotation seemed to be something that wasn't on a lot of people's radar before this podcast. I don't work directly for this company, you know, so this isn't something that I'm necessarily like touting, you know, from the rooftops there. But, you know, it is 
in a, in a general sense, I can't get into specifics too much, but what I do on their website is take replies and responses from large language models. So large AI chatbots that are used either for the general public or for a specific purpose. And I'm analyzing those responses. I'm fact checking it for things like verbosity. Am I, you know, checking to make sure it's comprehensible? How's the readability? Then I'm editing all of those responses to make it better for the the chatbot, and then I'm feeding it back to the chatbot. Some of those are more hyper-specific, and they've got a lot more like specific requirements for each turn. But you know, in a general sense, that's what I do on that website. Okay, that is super interesting. Yes, I know. You said there are some things that are specific. So Bigger Pockets is a real estate investing website. Scott and I both work there. We have a lot of high-level real estate investing knowledge. That's a uh, it's something you can learn, but it's like, it's more like lifelong knowledge. Are there opportunities that are like hyper-focused on lifelong knowledge? Yeah. Where, where somebody would be more qualified for that? Like, like I'm, uh, I've, I've got 25 years of real estate experience, so I would be more, uh, I would be more of a fit than you would for that particular job. Like I'm really butchering this this question, but like, is there a way for for you to do hyper specialized things like that? And then are those data annotation jobs paying more to me who has different skill sets? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So I can speak a little bit into this, but um, obviously I don't qualify for some of their hyper-specific um, tasks, but I can give you a general idea of what I think they're looking for. So just as a broad statement on their website, they say they you know, prefer people with strong writing and logical, like critical reasoning skills. Um, so that's like an all across the board encompassing, like when you take their assessment, that's what they're going to ask you. Um, so that is just the pre-screener to see if you get in. And then you are qualifying in as essentially for each project group that you're getting. So I'm qualifying for like a subset of projects to work on that has, you know, a large number of tasks. But I do get things that come across my dashboard quite a lot for things like, is your second or first language Japanese? Do you have experience coding? And those do seem to pay more than than the ones that I'm getting, you know, just because that's a, a smaller subset of the community that would be working on there. That is so cool. I'm going to go check that out. That is, yeah, yeah because that I could talk all day. What's the hourly pay for this? It depends on the project. Um, same with prolific. So a lot of these sites are going to be per either task group or per like um, larger system of like whether it's the same model across all boards or if it's like a more specific, harder task. Um, I would say for data annotation, my pay range is somewhere between 20 and $30 an hour. Prolific is looking at like, you know, maybe 12 to $25 an hour something along there. And then I've also heard Remo tasks is very similar to data annotation. I haven't tried them out. I'm actually on the wait list for them. Um, but they, I think, are paying similarly for similar tasks as data annotation is. So what are you looking, What what is your kind of like, uh, you know, the next 50 days, I assume you're going to do more experimentation with that. What are some of the areas that you're excited to explore next that you think might be really good dollar per hour options? Yeah. One of the things I've been super excited about that I've only gotten into recently and only because of this challenge is, you know, content creation. So that's something that was only available to me because I started this challenge and gained any sort of, you know, platform or any sort of following. 
Um, so stuff like UGC for brands, I've done a couple brand ads, which to me, like the turnover rate on how much work I'm doing to edit a video, post a video versus what I've done before. I mean, that's really high, high rate of pay for the hour that I'm putting into it or whatever. So that's been huge. Um, affiliate marketing. I've started an Amazon affiliate program. Um, so I've got some links in my bio there. Um, so I'm testing out the waters in terms of like affiliate marketing and content creation um, that would only be available to me because I started this challenge. So it's kind of full circle. Saving for a down payment, a wedding, or just looking for extra money to invest? Monarch Money turns your budgeting woes into wins. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best budgeting app overall. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to manage your money like a pro. Add a partner or family member to your account for no extra cost, so combined finances become a breeze. Customize your budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions, and more. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash pockets for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. What if I told you that I, Mindy Jensen, the queen of budgeting, the personal finance fanatic, sometimes forgot to cancel my subscriptions? I know, it's horrible. $10 here, $15 there. My useless subscription bills could have taken my whole family out to dinner multiple times. Rocket Money can make all that subscription sadness suddenly vanish. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. You can see all your subscriptions in one place and cancel money-sucking subscriptions with a tap. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. That's rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. Rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9 to 5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. 
Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So what's a a typical day in the life like for you at this point? Like how many hours are you putting in at your full-time job? And then in addition to that, your, uh, these, these extracurriculars. Yeah. So I work, um, from nine to four, I have a short commute, which is nice. So I, it doesn't take me too long. I'd probably get out of bed like seven 30 or eight. I try not to do too much work if I don't have to before my day job, just like to start my morning. Nice. And I'm a morning person anyways. I just want to enjoy the morning and, kind of get my day job done. I I head home at four and I'm at home usually most days around 430. Um, And then I definitely always turn on my heated blanket, sit in bed to do some work because if I can work from bed, I'm going to work from bed. Um, And then it just depends. My husband doesn't get home until six. So I usually have a window of like, you know, one and a half, two hours where I'm not doing anything in particular. So that's a nice time to knock out a couple hours of either prolific studies, data annotation, a focus group, content creation, stuff like that. And then anything I can do to get that done before like 8 or 9 p.m. is great because it does take me about an hour to edit my videos and do the voiceovers from the previous day. So Awesome. And, and if you weren't working a full-time job and had time during the day, would there be better or more opportunities um, and especially in the opportunistic space. Yeah, I would definitely say that I, I would be doing a larger quantity of these jobs. So very rarely am I hitting the limit of what's available to me. So there's always more jobs available um, from most of these sites. I would say prolific is one that kind of dwindles on the weekends. But for the most part, it looks like a lot of these sites really need workers. So I've yet to hit a wall where I'm like, I really can't make $100 a day. To me, it seems like I'm running out of hours. They're not running out of tasks. Awesome. And have you considered things like, um, hey, there's an event going on or something like that, and they're looking for staff that can support that, and there's an opportunity to make way more uh, in there? Or are you really looking for stuff, by and large, that you can do from home? I'm looking at both. I've definitely done um, either like just some random kind of in-person tasks like shopping and cooking for people. I have done um, playing. I've done piano events before. um, And I've also worked in the service industry. Before this, I worked a second job in the evenings um, at a steakhouse. So I definitely am open to that. Um, But I do think my audience is specifically looking for things that are accessible to someone like a stay-at-home mom. And I want to be sensitive to that because, you know, the reason that I'm getting any any opportunity like this at all is because of my audience. So I do try to prioritize things that would be realistic for like a, a working mom or a full-time caretaker. Okay. So now we need to put our Finance Friday hats on and ask if you've considered leaving your full-time position to pursue this full-time. Yeah, I have not at all, but my full-time job was never about the salary for me. So I think that's why Um, I love what I do so much and I cannot overstate that. So I think that's part of the reason that I have so much energy to do other tasks on the side is because, you know, I, I want to be sensitive to, I know a lot of people feel maybe stuck at their job or they feel like drained by their day job. And I'm in a really fortunate position to not feel that way. So I I really love what I do. I love my coworkers. It's not something I'm considering at this time. I, I just really love what I do. So, but again, more of a passion project for me than, you know, a big income source. Yeah. I think it's a great, what, what you're doing is a great option for 
testing out other things. If you can go on data annotation tech and start trying out these jobs and you're like, oh, you know what? I really hate this, but I'm a piano player and I never thought about playing in public. And now I can because thanks to Jackie's TikTok videos, I was reminded that people will pay people to play piano for them. Oh, yeah. And now I can have this job that I love. I have had jobs that I hate. And when you get up in the morning, your soul is crushed just a little bit more because you're like, oh yeah, it's Monday. I have to go to work. So when you have a job that you love, it's really such a non-soul crushing event. It is, it's like you wouldn't consider quitting. So I totally get that answer. Totally get that. Yeah. So you document this on TikTok, like we've talked about why did you decide to do that? That is the question. I've, in terms of my day one post, I have no idea why I posted it beyond just the vague notion of needing accountability. So I thought, you know, if I post this and someone sees it, one of my friends sees it and they know I've posted it, you know, I've got to post day two. I love to make things a competition with myself, but that can only get you so far. I do also want accountability from others. And, you know, within that first day of hundreds and thousands of, you know, likes and comments like, oh, I want to see what day two's like. I was like, I really have to actually commit to this now. So it was kind of surreal. But I, I think I just posted it because I wanted to make sure I would actually stick to my goal. And th that's definitely worked. I can't stop now. So and, and when did you when did you first see it resonating with with other people that, you know, weren't part of your core network? Yeah, I would say day one, I was really surprised because I had um, about 100 followers. So really, my network at that time was just some some friends or some auxiliary accounts that have been following me. Um, but up until that point, I really hadn't had any sort of audience. So I'd posted that and my my follower count jumped by like several thousand. So I was like, wow, okay, it seems like people want to see this. That's great. And then I think on day nine, um, that video was particularly that might have been the video you guys saw that that one kind of got a lot of traction and gained me a, a large portion of the followers that I have here today. What was that video? That was day nine of my challenge. Um, and it was just a normal day. I can't understand particularly what was so enticing about that day. I did a few different offers. I did like a swag bucks game offer. I did some data annotation. I talked about selling some you know, some beanie babies online. So I, I don't know what was enticing about that. Um, I don't know if just the algorithm picked it up, but that was like sort of my bigger break into gaining a larger audience. You no, know, what, what's enticing about it is the fact that it's so achievable and relatable, right? Like that's what, and, and you know, like we, we, like that's, I think one of the things we, we like to talk about here on Bigger Pockets Money is, you know, the, the big story is, you know, somebody with a very normal income um, with a strong savings habit, achieves financial freedom or builds wealth over a reasonable period of time through hard work and highly relatable um, approach. And that's all you're doing here, which is why you're so extraordinary is because, you know, every, anybody can do what you're, what you're doing here. They just, it's just putting in the hours. You're, you're working a full-time job and then you're going home and doing more work. And that is going to accrete huge benefits to your life over the, over time. And it's just really inspiring to see it, to see it being done. Thank you. Yeah, I absolutely believe anyone can do it. Yeah, you're you're aiming for $100. You're not aiming for $10,000 a day. And that's what I love is that it it's totally doable. And what are some questions you're getting from folks um uh for the community? Yeah, one of the biggest ones I get is definitely how I'm handling taxes and I think that's a super valid question. I'm going to get hit with quite a few 1099s this year. Um, so what I always tell people is you always have to track your expenses and your earnings. Um, 
separately, even if a website tracks it for you, even if you have all of your pay stubs recorded, I would tell people to always put into just a simple spreadsheet what you earned, how many hours that took you, because you may look back at the end of the year and even not for tax purposes, you may just say, this wasn't worth how much money I made for how many hours I put in, but you may not be able to look at that until it's way too late, right? So so track that by yourself and then you can make estimated payments quarterly um, for taxes. And so that's what I do because even though it's the same amount, whether I pay it all in March or I pay it four times a year, it kind of just feels like you're paying a little bit less. That's what I'll call, you know, people get into girl math. I think girl math would be to do to do four payments quarterly. Um, but if you make estimated payments, I think you're going to err towards the side of a return rather than get hit with that large lump sum, sum at the end, which I think is uh, is a really big benefit for a lot of people. That's Yeah, I, I didn't even consider that, and I should have. That makes a lot of sense that you got to be tracking all, all, all of those things. Um, what is the most fun work that you've done? Um, thus far, regardless of income to per hour ratio? I think the most fun for me has just been through TikTok. I actually got accepted into their creativity beta program, which pays creators a portion of the revenue from qualified views. So I'm actually getting paid a little bit every time I post a video that's over one minute long. So to be able to create content that I was already creating, um, that I already love to create and I was going to share for free anyways, to be able to make any revenue off that at all is amazing. I always share that when I make that in my videos and it's been, you know, just between five and $25 a day. But when I'm aiming for a hundred dollars a day, that's a quarter of my goal. That's amazing. Okay. So you said at the end, people are asking about taxes and at the end of the year, you can go over and see if there's anything you wouldn't do again. Is there anything that you've done in these first 50 days that you have said, well, that was interesting to try. I am never doing that again. Yeah, that's a good question. I think not just in the 50 days that I've done, but just in like a holistic kind of like four years, five years of doing this throughout college and whatnot in my early adulthood. I would say tasks that pay per task a couple cents. Um, it may seem like you can do a lot of those. So stuff like Swagbucks, um, a lot of other survey sites are offering like cents per task. I don't think that that usually adds up to be worth it. It kind of tricks you into thinking like, okay, if I just do enough of those an hour, I've actually got a pretty good chance of doing a lot of tasks. But to me, it, it hasn't been worth it. So in terms of um, specifically Swagbucks website, because I know a lot of people use it, I've got um, a lot of followers that use that site. I stick to their game offers and their their shopping offers. Their surveys are not worth what they're paying, in my opinion, um, versus a, a reputable site like Prolific that's offering researchers the chance to directly talk to consumers. They're paying a much higher rate. So if you've got a subset of like similar groupings of tasks or similar, similar groupings of revenue sources, try to look at those and then say, can I put more effort into this one that pays higher than, you know, continue to put into put put work into something that's not going to make as much money. Makes sense. So some of these days, I'm sure you're able to get to your goal pretty quickly and some days uh, not so much. Do you find this eating into a lot of your free time? Is it creating a lot of stress in your life or are you enjoying it? That's a good question. I think I am not quite stressed, but I do definitely feel like uh, I owe it to myself to keep going, right? So I am somewhat of a workaholic. I really enjoy working. When I worked at a restaurant back in the day, I liked working 
I liked the feeling of coming home and having worked two jobs, which I know is not a lot of people's reality. It's just how I work. So I liked feeling accomplished, but I I do want to be sensitive to, you know, finances are a part of life, but they're not the point of life, especially not at least in my case. And so I want to be sensitive to spending time with family and spending time with friends. One of the great things about the stage of life that I'm in with my husband is we're both 25. We're young. We don't have kids. And then our friends are also in the same boat. You know, they're young 20 somethings. They understand the need to make extra cash. So even if we have people over, we love to host. So we'll we'll have people over here probably four or five times a week. We're going to have someone come over for dinner after this. I got to start cooking after this. But um, because of that, you know, my friends are are pretty open to the fact that I'm earning extra money. They're supporting me on it. So, you know, say we have dinner and then we all just kind of hang out in the living room. Someone's put on a movie. No one's going to, you know, be upset if I, you know, say, hey, I got to do a couple hours of data annotation on my laptop while we watch this movie. I've been really blessed with friends that understand that. And even a few friends that do that along with me, you know, on their own journeys to making some extra money. I had a friend, Aaron, who came over a couple days ago and all we did was turn on a horror movie, watch, bake some cookies and just get started on some data annotation and some some surveys. So, you know, it's possible. It's possible to do it together, I think. I was going to say, have them bring their laptops over and you can have a data annotation party. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What are some of the things that you've learned about yourself during this challenge? I've learned that I definitely work best when I'm not at home. So one of the best things to do on my day off is just to go to a cafe. And I thought this was just like a me phenomenon, right? You always think like you're like the only person in the world who feels these things. And what was nice was a lot of my my followers shared that this was something called body mirroring or body doubling. Um, that's actually a really effective tool for studying and for working purposes. And it contributes to why people feel like they might stay on task more when they're in a large group of people or if they're in the office, um, just simply because your brain sees other people working um, and it just says, hey, I should be doing that too, right? So it's much easier for me to, to delay stuff, procrastinate when I'm home alone. So I've, I've found that it does really help on my days off or in the evenings. If I can get to a local cafe, sit down and people watch, you know, that makes all the difference for me. I don't know if that's partially because I'm an extrovert, but yeah. All right. So I, I got, a, I got a, a question here around, you're going to save up 10 grand. Um, I'm assuming that you guys have other savings on top of that because you talked about your upbringing with, with very, you know, and frugal, um, and, you know, conscious, cost conscious, that, those kinds of things. Um, when you buy your house, what kind of house are you looking to buy? And have you considered a house hack? Are you familiar with that term? I am only a tiny bit through you guys from what I've listened to so far. So I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit more, but I'm definitely looking for, um, I, we've got a pretty short list. We'd like two bedrooms and we'd like to live in a home somewhere in the Columbus area. Right. But, but honestly, we're looking for fixer uppers. We're looking for whatever we are. We're not really that picky. We understand that it's our first home and we are, you know, not high earners. So we have to be realistic about what we're getting. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just throwing it out there. If you can get a house with an extra bedroom or two, or maybe a duplex or something, and they pay a thousand dollars a month in rent, you're $33 a day towards your goal of a hundred dollars yeah. a day with that particular <laughs> investment. So that's all. I, I love it. I'd be open to it. I love that. So besides housing, what comes next in your financial journey after this challenge? Yeah. So I think after that, we've got some student loans that we'd love to pay down more aggressively, right? Of course, that's that's a lot of people's goals. And then after that, I think it's time to look at the future. So boosting our retirement savings or contributing to stuff like 529s for future children. 
um, and just investing for the long term, right? For, for things to be passed down for generations. What, what advice would you give for folks who want to also find creative ways to add to their income? Would they, should, you know, are there things that you would go back and, and change now that you're 50 days into the challenge and tell people to start with? Yeah, I would say to start, it's always best to look at yourself, your skill set, and make sure that you know yourself before you go in. I think one thing I see a lot is people maybe getting a little bit frustrated that they can't do specifically everything that I do, but I can't specifically do anything that anybody else does, right? We're so highly personalized. So like Mindy brought up earlier, there's going to be a lot of skills that you know you have that I don't that would be better suited to opportunities that I haven't even found. So first step is always going to be just to know yourself, know your skill set, and then also be realistic about how much time you want to invest because you can set as many goals as you want. But if you only have two hours a day that you're willing to invest, you're not going to end up reaching your goals and you're going to make yourself a little bit upset. And then I would also say that one of the best things to do when you have a lofty goal is to break it into weekly or daily pieces. All of us can say, I want to save money. All of us can say, I want to save up for a house. I want $10,000 to buy a new car. You know, all of these things are great goals, but the reason we lose a lot of momentum is because that seems like an impossible task. It feels like you're, you know, standing on the face of the, or at the face of the mountain and you, you know, there's no way to scale it. So I would say by breaking it into smaller goals, $10,000 becomes $100 a day. Well, that seems more reasonable. I can see how I can take that action step. So that's my second piece of advice there. And then my third piece of advice would be to utilize online forums to vet all of the sources that you're using. So if you are looking for more ways to make money or you just want to make sure that a site that you found is legit, I honestly, I know this sounds crazy, but I think Reddit is just a great tool all around. I know it gets kind of a bad rap or I know it gets a little bit of like, oh, that's for like money nerds and I can't, I can't utilize Reddit, but I think everyone can utilize Reddit. I use a lot of sites on Reddit for either frugality purposes or one of my favorite sites would be, it's called r slash beer money. And it's just what it sounds like. It's not, you know, enough to make a living off of, but it's sites like these that you can at least make a good chunk of change on. Those are fantastic pieces of advice there. I want to ask one quick question about um, your goal setting. Do you have a system for that or uh, any type of mechanism you're using to create these goals, chunk them down, or is it Pen and paper. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is just going to be pen and paper dividing. You're going to want to divide as much as possible. So you have to know when you want your money by, right? So if it's a monetary goal, you have to know an end date. Otherwise, you're going to delay it as much as possible, right? I mean, even the best of us want to procrastinate every once in a while. So pick an end date, pick a solid goal and go over it by a little bit. If you really need $5,000, set a goal of $6,000 to cover taxes, expenses, whatnot. And then after that, yeah, we're just going to divide that down from, say, I've got three months to do this goal. I need to divide that per month, then per week, then per day. And then I would say always put that somewhere you can see that, whether that's on a home screen, on your phone, whether that's in the mirror, in your bedroom, on the kitchen fridge, anything where you can see it daily. I think we are likely to forget about our goals. Um, one of my bosses always says vision leaks. So we need to be like refilling vision day after day. So, you know, a, a lot of it is just reminding yourself day after day. And if you're immersed in it, you're more likely to actually achieve that goal. So put it somewhere you can see it and make it bite size. Okay. We are 50 days into the hundred day challenge. What is your content going to look like after day 100? I would love to continue making consistent content. That's what I'm planning on doing in the new year. 
I see myself as a highly competitive person and I do love a good challenge. So I, I can foresee some challenges coming up in the future. But I also post a lot about budgeting and hosting on a budget, gift giving. I'm really passionate about showing people how they can host on a budget and that they don't have to sacrifice quality and style for money. I think you can do both really well. So I am excited to focus a lot of my content creation on stuff like gift giving and hosting um, on a budget. And I keep, this is something that I get a lot of questions about that I'm excited to talk about a little bit more is I keep um, my husband and Josh and I under $80 a week for two people for all of our groceries. So stuff like grocery budgeting, I, I love to share about that. So, so maybe like a shop along with me kind of thing I would love to do in the future. Oh, yes, yes. Because $80 for two people isn't going to be attainable in every city in America, but holy cow, I want to see, oh, you should connect with Budget Bites. And do you know BudgetBites.com? I do not, no. Oh, she's got a whole website filled with recipes and she breaks out like how much each ingredient costs. I love that. So it's like you need a tablespoon of olive oil. That's 12 cents or three cents or whatever it is. And so then you have an idea of what the recipe is going to cost. Um I love that shop along with me idea. Oh, do that next. I will. Absolutely. Okay. We are all going to be following along with you, Jackie. And where can we follow you one more time? You can follow me on TikTok and Lemonade. I'm posting budgeting and productivity content on both of those. My name's Jackie Mitchell on both of those sites. And spell it out again. My my username is J-A-C-L-Y-N Mitchell with an extra L at the end. Awesome. Jackie, this was super fun. Thank you so much for doing the challenge. And thank you so much for sharing the challenge with our listeners. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you guys so much for having me. I had a great time. Thank you. This was incredible. And we will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right. That was Jackie Mitchell and her $100 a day challenge. And I just love her. Scott, what did you think of the show? And what did you think of her challenge? Oh my gosh. I mean, what an amazing, what an amazing, um, a a woman here. She's just crushing it with this. She's got a great, uh, uh, thing going on, going on with this, uh, really, you know, you can tell the financial foundation is super strong. You can tell that she's hustling and that she's built a community around her, um, prior to even building this huge following on TikTok, uh, that embraces the same values, uh, a very fun and, 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 and full life while working basically, you know, a job and then a part-time job on top of that to get to her financial goals. So really admire that. I can't wait to see what, what happens when she starts getting, you know, accumulating these tens of thousands of dollars here over time and starts investing them and where that, where this all kind of ends up for her, because I think she's on a really, really good path. That is just the very beginning of its compounding journey. Yes. I'm super excited for her future because she is not afraid of hard work and all of the hundred dollar a day options aside, if you're not going to do the work, you're not going to make the money. So I see Jackie's future as a very bright star because she is ready to do the work. She's willing to do the work and she is jumping in there with both feet. I just absolutely love her. So please go give her a follow on TikTok. Honestly, I think she needs her own subreddit because I would devour everything in that subreddit, all of her information. I have subscribed to her TikTok feed just so I can watch her videos every day. I love her energy. I love her story. And we're going to have her back next year when she's doing her come shop with me videos because those are going to crush it too. I looked at my crystal ball. All right, Scott, should we get out of here? Let's do it. That wraps up this episode of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. He, of course, is the Scott Trench. 
I am Mindy Jensen saying farewell, Carousel. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple. And if you're looking for even more money content, feel free to visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash biggerpocketsmoney. Bigger Pockets Money was created by Mindy Jensen and Scott Trench. Produced by Kaylin Bennett. Editing by Exodus Media. Copywriting by Nate Weintraub. Lastly, a big thank you to the Bigger Pockets team for making this show possible. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into real estate investing or take it to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly matched with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.